Is that what I'm saying? Rough Trade Radio. 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 How's that? Welcome to this uh, episode of Shoplifting at Rough Trade. My name's Liv and I'm here with Kevin Morby, who's just flown in from, where do you fly in from? From Reykjavik, Reykjavik. Iceland. Your first time in Iceland, how was it? It was amazing. What was your favorite bit? My favorite part was we uh, all the natural geothermic pools that we went to and soaked in. Did you go in naked or? No, uh, no, no naked. You have your swimsuit on. <laughs> Kevin's taking a photo of me. <laughs> Liv's my best friend. <laughs> Okay. I like that you've got a photo of yourself stuck on the back of your phone. Oh, yeah. It's a photo booth. My friend Jarvis is in there, too. Cool. But covered up by flower stickers. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so you've kind of done this before for Rough Trade Magazine in issue two, I think, which is now totally sold out. Do you want to tell the the audience what I'm wearing? Uh, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Kevin, it's the day of the election today, so Kevin's wearing a kind of oversized uh, gray hoodie with I Heart NY on the front uh, Kevin, before we start talking about music, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you're feeling today about the future of America? I guess a little bit anxious, though I don't think Donald Trump will win. Um, in my heart of hearts, I don't think that he'll win, but uh, still a little nerve-wracking. That's good that you actually don't think he'll win. But it's kind of, I described it recently as like a, you know, it's like America has basically just said this big racist, homophobic, sexist joke. And once you say something like that, it's very hard to go back. Mm-hmm. So it's even if he doesn't win, it's still... It's an embarrassment, and it's uh, it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to get past the fact that he ever got so far in the first place. Yeah, right. Are you gonna watch it after the show tonight? I don't know. We have to drive an hour out of town, but I think we're gonna try to watch as much as possible. I envision getting to some depressing hotel mm. at like three in the morning, and then finding out. Where you are you know, driving to? Do you know? Towards France. We oh, towards okay. the channel. Maybe you can listen to it on the radio. I'm sure it'll be fine it'll if be you even fun. want to listen to it. <laughs> it'll be like the 1940s, like <laughs> another vote for Hillary. <laughs> the wireless. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, good luck, and I hope um, the rest of your life isn't ruined by... Thank you. I mean, it's not just uh, for me, you know. I think if Donald Trump wins, all of our lives are ruined, so... Yeah, it's true. I think everyone here is feeling terrified as well. So. I know. It's, it's I'm crazy. I'm not sure whether we should be talking about politics on this show. I don't know whether I'm allowed, but I don't know. It doesn't matter, I don't right? think I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> right, let's talk about music instead. Okay. You've we'll done this before, so you've, mouse. you've picked new music this time, I hope. Yes. Uh, and also you only had five minutes, I would say, to pick out five records that's, from Rough Trade. Yes, so. it was on the time limit. Maybe that's good. Sometimes urgency brings the best stuff. Oh, yeah. I see what you've got there. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, what's number one? Okay, number one that I picked in my frantic search for five albums is uh, Modest Mouse, Sad Sappy Sucker which is their last first album. Um, you know, their first album, this is a long drive for someone with nothing to think about, mm-hmm. came out. And this came out second as their, like, quote-unquote, lost album, which is a lot of four-track recordings of Isaac Brock. I was obsessed with this thing in high school when I was about 14, and I would listen to it on my disc man all the time. <laughs> and it's an amazing album, and it, it inspired me to get a four-track and start recording music, and it's really good. I remember my favorite song on it is called Four Finger Fisherman. I 
Sounds that in that song though he sounds so young he mm. sounds so young yeah his his lisp is really prominent um, and so it's funny to like listen to that after because <laughs> earlier today we were listening to like newer modest mouse me and you <laughs> and so it's good to listen to old modest mouse and remember where he comes from exactly it's very true uh, on to the next one I like that album that's a, th- this album you've just um, shown is actually the first one I ever bought. When oh. I was about 13. The Strokes, is this it? This is your first record? I think so, yeah. This is a great first record. I remember when I first heard it, I was a little turned off by it because it was like on TV and stuff. And at that point, I just started listening to sort of more like under underground bands. And I was like, I don't know about these guys, The Strokes. But then uh, I listened to the album. It's an incredible record. Yeah, it is the best. And I, I just keep listening to it more and more as time goes on. Do you think... Um I was trying to think back. Me and you are roughly the same age, about you're 28 or mm-hmm. 20. Yeah, okay, I'm 27, so roughly about the same. We were. I was talking to someone the other day about how uh, if you look back over the last 15 to 20 years, there maybe aren't as many like iconic bands as you would get in the 90s or previously. Like You know how there's like big documentaries coming out about these 90s bands like Oasis and whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you think there are any bands that have come out in the last 15 to 20 years that would necessitate a documentary my argument was that maybe the strokes could have that but yeah. I, but even i don't know what do you reckon i think i think definitely like the world of hip-hop there's there's stuff that would um make that makes sense for there to be documentaries about in the past 15 20 years but yeah in terms of rock and roll i think definitely the strokes would warrant one above anybody else i think they're a really interesting story and yeah i think they, they would absolutely warrant a documentary i'd watch it I'd watch it just because they're all so good looking, or they were. Oh, they're very, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. Who knows how they look now? <laughs> I don't know either. Julian Casablanca is a handsome man, though. I think they all, they're all still pretty handsome. Yeah. Um, something about that album sleeve, though, that's pretty... Um... Well, this is the one, because uh, what, what happened? Like, this, this album cover of a woman with a black glove, uh, with a hand <laughs> wearing a black glove on her butt. Um, <laughs> but this... Was this the original one? Uh, they changed it for some reason. I can't remember. I never understand either because for me, that's that's still relatively 
revealing. But I'm, I don't know whether it could, because it'd have to be a totally different photo if it wasn't. Well, it was like a it was a it was a piece of art. After this, it became a piece of art. Like they got rid of this one and did a different cover, and then brought this one back later or something. Yeah, something like that happened. Also, there's this song, New York City Cops, that was left off of the first pressing of it because 9-11 had just happened. Oh, yeah. And uh, that one is on this one. So I think this is sort of like a, a sort of reissued thing. That's a really great song. Yeah, really good song. Um, you're going to have to introduce a song, actually, from that album. Oh, okay. I would like to introduce the song Someday, which is my favorite song off of Is This It by The Strokes. Here is Someday. such a good song it is good i'm gonna listen to that what do you think about the second strokes album you know i don't know it too well but recently i was somewhere and my friend put it on 
and then my other friend, they were both talking about how they like it as much as the first one, but I've mm-hmm. never listened to it, so I don't know. I should probably give it a chance. Yeah, I think it's good. What's the third one? First Impressions of Earth. Maybe that's the one that yeah. was less. And less. that one, you know, has a song on it called You Only Live Once or something like that. Mm-hmm. It, which is a single. Exactly. Some people think you're yeah. always. But then there's a demo of that song called I'll Try Anything Once. And it's so oh, good. Yeah, I've heard that. And it says him and it's and really a keyboard. sweet. It's yeah, so yeah, good. Yeah. It's an amazing song. I remember song. when I first heard that. Yeah. Some people think you're always right. And there's that song Whoa. Heart in a Cage. That's a pretty good one as well. I don't remember that one. It's a nice lyric in there about anyway. Anyway, well, how's the lyric? What's the lyric? Something about um, fighting your way through a crowd to like reach someone. I remember when I listened to it when I was a teenager. I was like, "Yeah, man, it's so cool." That's nice. <laughs> Obviously, stuck with you. Yes. Okay. So next choice, please. Okay, um, Anoni Helplessness, which this is an album that came out this year, and I've never really listened to her music before. Antonina Johnson's anything like that, but so this is kind of my introduction to her catalog and I became obsessed with this record Mm. um and my favorite song of hers on this album is called watch me it's the third song and it's very very cool and very good and it's kind of about um big brother what do you mean big brother big brother you know like the all-seeing eye like being uh, monitored by the government yeah it's really good um have you ever seen her play live I haven't. I love to, though. I've seen footage, and it looks incredible. Mm, yeah. Hopefully one day you'll get to. Um, is that all you want to say about that album? Yeah, I think so. Let's listen to my favorite song off of Anoni's Helplessness. The song is called Watch Me. Daddy. Daddy.
My favorite lyric. Is this lyric? the last one? No, there's uh, two more there. Okay, good. Sorry, what were you saying? Your favorite lyric? From that song is, um, she's like, watch me watch in pornography. Or wait, no, watch me in my hotel room, watch me watch in pornography. And then uh, it's like, wait, I'm forgetting the lyric now. <laughs> oh, it's like, I know you love me because you're always watching me. It's really good. Watching me. Watching me. <laughs> In terms of lyrics, do you often pick out like one little favorite lyric nugget from every song? Um, if there's a nugget to be had, then yes. There's a song that you covered recently, uh, Towns Van Zandt song. Yeah, No Place to Fall. I think there's a, ly- there's a lyric nugget in that. There's a bit when he goes, you got pretty eyes. Yeah, that's, that's really nice. good. Yeah. Even though it's so simple. Just oh, the way so he good. says it. Yeah, and then right after that he says, won't you spin me round? And that's my oh, favorite yeah. lyric. Because I just nice. envisioned two people dancing and some some honky tonk. How come you covered that song? Um, I had gotten really into his Live of the No Quarter, his like live Houston record. And I'd never been a big fan before, but that record really did it for me. And I became obsessed with him after hearing that album. And and that was the song that really that really sold me on him. And there's just something about it. And I can kind of tell like oh, this is one of those songs in somebody's catalog that's not his biggest, most well-known song and probably not even his best song, but to me, something about it really just grabs me. And honestly, it was that lyric, Won't You Spin Me Round. Mm, yeah. Nice. Cool. Followed by your favorite lyric. Yes. Okay, next album, please. Okay, next album is the new Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds record, Ugh. Skeleton Tree, which is a heartbreaking, very heavy record to listen to, but very, very good. Um... I just listened, or I just recorded um, some new music, and I, I was very influenced by this album. And it's a very sad, heavy listen, but it's I'm obsessed with Nick Cave, and it's really good. Um, yeah, how do you feel? I mean, do you feel like this is a real different step from his other previous albums, or do you think it's is this what you expected out of this album? Kind of. I guess I didn't really know because you know a, a big part of this album is his son having passed away, but. Um, I I didn't know if that would make its way into the music or if he would leave that out necessarily. You know, you just don't know, and that's such a a tragedy what happened. Mm. Um, But I think sonically, it's it's pretty similar to the last record, which the last record I think was a a step in a different direction for him, and then this continues with that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just really heavy listening to somebody who's who's dealing with that, and I I don't know. He he's very poetic about it, and. It's really good. I haven't seen a physical. I just bought it on iTunes, but I haven't seen the physical record. So I'm looking at the back of it now, and it says, "Let us go now, my darling companion. Set out for the distant skies. See the sun. See it rising. See it rising. Rising in your eyes." Wow, it's very beautiful. When would you say is the appropriate time to listen to the album? Um, I think you know when I first listened to this, 
I went to record with uh, my friend Richard Swift, and I I flew into Portland, and then I drove down to his his studio in Cottage Grove, Oregon, and it's like a two hour drive. And I listened to this record on that drive, and the sun was setting down the I five oh, in Oregon, and it was really really good. And I actually, it's funny, I I listened, I put this on right after watching the debates, the mm-hmm. first debates oh. of Hillary and Trump, and. So I was by myself and I, I went to this Thai restaurant and I watched the debates with the staff of this Thai restaurant and then I got on the highway and, and listened to the rest of the debates and then I put this record on because um, Richard and I had been texting about how much we both love this and so that that's when I recommend to listen to it during sunset on the I-5. I think driving in a sunset listening to music is probably the best time to listen to any album. Any album's going to sound good when you're driving in the sometimes sunset. Sometimes not though, you know, sometimes not. There's some albums, like a post-punk record or something, you're like, well, oh, yeah. I don't know. No, that's not quite <laughs> crowd rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like you often, or me and you often talk about driving and listening to music and like playlists and um, mixes. Is listening to music in the van like super important to your band and stuff? Yeah, and I think also listening to music on headphones for me is really important. I do it a lot. Um, um yeah, just kind of being able to, because, you know, on tour, you don't get a lot of privacy, so you can kind of, like, plug into your music and zone out that way, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. It's a way of, of creating your surroundings to be what you want them to be. Um, could you please introduce a track off the Nick Cave album? Yes, my favorite song off of this record is track number two, Rings of Saturn. Upside down and inside out and on the leaves Like a funnel web, like a black fly on the ceiling Skinny white haunches high and skyward And a black oily gash crawling backwards across the carpet To smash all over everything Wet black fur against the sun going down Over the shops and the cars And the crowds and the town And this is the moment, this is exactly what she is born to be This is what she does, and this is what she is And this is the moment, this is exactly what she was born to be This is what she does, and this is what she is
This is what she does, and this is what she is. And this is the moment, this is exactly what she's born to be. And this is what she does, and this is what she is. Now she's jumping up with her leaping brain, stepping over heaps of sleeping children, disappearing and further up and spinning out again. Up and further up she goes, up and out of the bed, up and out of the bed and down the hall where she stops for a moment and turns and says, are you still here? And then reaches high and dangles herself like a child's dream from the rooms. Welcome back. I haven't been very good at the uh, the segue between. Are there the track commercials on the, this thing? Uh, we might do ad readouts at the end, but it'll just be recommending a good album to listen to. Adverts. Um, commercials. <laughs> 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 what are you doing after this? After this, I think we'll probably eat some lunch, and then I have to do another interview, and then sound check. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Before and later. Then, and then just rest until my show. Good idea. Um, okay, so maybe let's talk about your last album today the last album is the miseducation of lauren hill which just recently turned 20 years old wow which means it came out in 1996 yes um this is an incredible record it's one of my favorite records um i got turned on to it um just by being in the world and existing at that time because everyone was listening to it but yeah. especially my sister michaela was very obsessed with it um like the nick cave record that i was talking about i've never really looked at the back of this album and it's cool. She's next to this piano, and she looks very young. Yeah, that is cool. Um, and that pencil. There's also just a pencil in there. <laughs> and there's no eraser. Oh, it's, I me- it's meant to be a school desk. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. Miseducation. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's so 90s. That's, it doesn't look Take very good. Take it as it is. <laughs> um, but uh, this is a yeah, this is an amazing album. Um, I think it's just sort of, I, you know, everyone knows this album's incredible. There's not too much to say about it other than that it's just it's sort of a masterpiece and then she hasn't put out a record since then and she didn't play live for a long time and she went to jail for a little bit for tax evasion and i don't know she's very she's very cool and i you know i know a big thing with this record too is that she felt kind of screwed over by the music industry and kind of Mm -hmm. dropped out of it because of that and was mistreated um but yeah just an incredible classic album in what other ways did your sister, Michaela, influence your music taste at a young age? Uh, well, she was just older. She was five years older, so, it, you know, she's my cool older sister. So, But she didn't get too much into, like, like indie rock or punk or anything. But So she was just, you know, she would listen to music that you kind of heard off of the radio or something. But mm-hmm. um, she would pick the, you know, she still liked cool music. And she would just own it, I guess. You know, she would, like, have music around. And yep. she would drive me around in her car and stuff, and she would play it for me. Cool. She'd turn me on to stuff like this or the Beastie Boys or, yeah. you know, Fiona Apple. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You're a big Fiona Apple fan, aren't you? I am. Well, how come? Why'd you love her? I don't know. I just like her. I think, um, I've talked about this a lot, but I think with her, she's just, um, she's an incredible songwriter and incredible lyricist, and then she's able to convey emotion in her music that not a lot of people are have that that sort of talent like her she's similar to like nina simone or something to me mm-hmm. where she can just really you really feel like there's a third thing going on it's not just someone playing an instrument and singing there's like something else happening yeah where like their emotions are able to come out in this way that most people can't do i get it yeah cool 
nicely explained. Thank you. Um, well, I suppose that's kind of it. So maybe you can, are there any tracks on there that? You know, I don't like any song on this record, so I can't introduce one. Just kidding. <laughs> um, I guess let's just go. My sleeper, my sleeper favorite song on this is Every Ghetto, Every City. But um, let's not play that one because it's just my sleeper favorite. Let's just go classic and let's just do um, let's just do Everything is Everything okay. by Lauren Hill right now. Okay, thank you very much and good luck okay. and see you soon. Thanks, Liv. Bye. Extending across the atlas, I begat this Flipping in the ghetto on the dirty mattress You can't match this, rapper slash actress More powerful than two Cleopatra's Bomb graffiti on the tomb of Nefertiti MCs ain't ready to take it to the Serengeti My rhymes is heavy like the mind of Sister Betty El Boogie Spars with stars and constellations Then came down for a little conversation Adjacent to the king, fear no human being Roll with cherubims to Nassau Coliseum Now hear this mixture with hip-hop meets scripture Develop a negative into a positive picture Now everything, everything is everything Sometimes it seems, sometimes it seems, we'll touch that dream, we'll touch that but dream, but things come slow and not at all, they come slow, yeah. and the ones on top, won't make it stop, so convinced that they might fall, 
Radio. I remember it was 1966 in Dublin and I met you in a beat cellar. The people had come over from Blackpool. Henry McCullough, you were the lead guitar player. Even then you were fucking amazing. David Holmes presents Late Night Tales, available in store and online at roughtrade.com. People became heir apparent. And you toured America supporting Jimi Hendrix and Eric Burden and the New Animals. 